Welcome back to episode two of Mind the Back Chat podcast. Isn't it amazing that we've just recently done episode one and now we're just, we're, we're moving like a... Uh, Different room already. Mate, honestly, it's... Uh, I would like to say bigger and better things, but it's a slightly smaller room than the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, look... It's the content that matters. Exactly. And we're being progressive with things. We started off this podcast with just literally... The prob- worst The microphone. worst microphones of all time. And now we're on... The road, oh, rude, however you Shout out of. to Focus Right. We're still trying to master that. So, oh you know, yeah. it's been a, yeah, our first one, we stayed up until, what was it, one o'clock? One o'clock. In the trying morning. to get this Still sorted. trying to get this done. We did record the first episode, what, three times? I think it was four. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it was like the content was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In our opinion, hopefully you guys will think so as well. But, uh it was a work in progress but now we've got the microphones we've got the computer working and hopefully Mm -hmm. this comes across sounding well we're just going to be really close to our mics today yeah so if you hear us breathing you know it's because we really want this to work (laughs) (laughs) okay so what's today's episode so interestingly interestingly enough yeah uh there's a lot of myths out there there is a lot of myths and uh you know when i was a kid i liked ghost busting but today we're myth busting Ooh. So, let's see what we've got on the list. So, there's a lot of things that I think let's we're going to focus on some that are mainly osteopathic or some that we get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think you know one of the things I hear the most, especially with my elderly patients or my um, patients who have kids, is I need my kid to drink a lot of milk to make their bones stronger. Yeah, and I mean, and yes, doesn't I milk have a lot of calcium, a lot of vitamin D? Oh, so you know, all the kind of natural things that you want for your bones and your body as a whole. Yeah. But no. Okay. It has no effect. It was actually invent. It was actually told, I think, back in America, mm-hmm. when the milk industry was growing, mm-hmm. it was uh, sold that you need to have three cups of milk a day. So That's like a Farmers lot of are milk. raking it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. drank a lot of milk as a kid. Same, same. I don't drink much milk anymore. So I guess if you're if you're out there and you want to make your bones stronger and you want to prevent bone fractures, osteoporosis, osteopenia, you're actually probably better weight bearing activities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why if you're a kid and you and your parents want you to have strong bones when you're older, you've got to be running around, jumping, playing rugby, playing football, doing contact sports, yeah. loading through those areas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I there was a story I got told once when I was being taught this at uni. And uh, our tutor said, like, so he had a student and, you know, they just learned that, like, oh, if you're osteoporotic, you know, you need to be doing some weight bearing activities mm-hmm. to try and uh, build and get your osteoblast to lay down more bone. Yeah. Yeah. So the student had this uh, 85-year-old woman hunched over come in osteoporotic oh, as hell and said, right, we need to get you doing some weight-bearing activities. So yeah. he told her, like, so you need to start, you know, maybe putting a backpack on and carrying some weight around in it. Oh, no. Oh, she God. was carrying eight bricks around in a bag and walking for two hours around a park. She ended up fracturing two vertebrae in her, at her mid-back. Compression fracture? Yeah. Oh so, my God. so she was like osteoporotic as like, you know. So a compression fracture, just for the people that don't know, is when there's so much stress on the bone from the top part of it and the bottom part of it that it just compresses and just the bone can't take any more of the stress yeah. and it just fractures. It so, just breaks. So yeah, to anybody who's listening to this who wants to build bone strength, don't go that far. Yeah. You know, yeah. walking's good. Some wet lifting at the gym and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Again, doesn't have to be Olympic lifting like this guy here. Yeah. It just has to be... 
high intensity uh, interval training is actually believed it. to be the best uh, in regards to that. Yep. So research wise, they found that high intensity interval training compared to low intensity uh, static stable say uh, steady yeah uh, steady state training uh, was not as effective in trying to build up uh, bone strength oh wow believe it or not okay so it's pretty interesting it just goes to show that actually it's not a matter of uh, creating um, instability yeah. or uh, dependency on the muscles yeah. which then causes the bone to get stronger it's more about the pressure onto the bone directly coming from the force of the impact either from the muscle, from the floor, yeah. and everything else that together brings forward this osteoblastic activity, or osteo being bone blastic means growing yeah. activity to make it stronger. So, so I guess once again, uh, movement is medicine. Exactly. And exactly. that so coming onto medicine, mm -hmm. an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Ooh. Now I'm going to take a huge hunch there, and that's a myth and a half. Yeah, that's just a that's just yeah. a fun little saying. Yeah. Um, and whilst we're on the topic of health, you know, and food, the five second rule does not exist. <gasps> My heart. Like, be honest. No, no, of course not. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. I thoroughly believed the five second did rule. Did you? Yeah, I of know. course I did. Because I wanted, I like food. I if suppose so. If that touches the floor, I'm like, science has told me. Yeah, but at the same, for me, okay, I just thought, <laughs> Obviously, you know if I drop it in mud, I know it's, it's dirt. Exactly. Dirted, but, like, but if I drop it on the floor and I'm in the kitchen, I'm going to go, I want food. That food is mine. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Like, okay, let's all face it. We've all done the five second rule and gone out loud. That's the five mm -hmm. second rule. Mm -hmm. Now it takes milliseconds for bacteria to get all over that. Even less than a millisecond. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I still think that the, maybe the five second rule still has its place. Because you're building up your immune system. Exactly, exactly. So, if anything... You should all rub your food into the floor before you eat it. I wouldn't go that far, please. <laughs> Jeez. But at the same time, I think it's quite important that we do not live in such a sterile, sterile environment. Oh, no. I mean, look at since uh, the pandemic, all mm. children below the ages of one growing up, mm. not being exposed to playing with other children, um, not getting natural colds that they would bring in them home. As soon as we come out of the pandemic, I can't tell you how many patients I've had whose parents are like, oh, my kid's been so ill, they've mm. had all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's so important those early years that you are exposed to the environment to get that defense mechanism so and your immune system doesn't weaken. Believe it or not, the reason why allergies and those type of issues come up, that's just a hypersensitive immune system. Yeah. So realistically, if we are exposing our immune system to little bits by bits, which is very much a homeopathic uh, approach, approach yeah. to medicine. That's that means that we strengthen up our immune system and then we're able to not be allergic or get our immune system so, to be so sensitive so to So do you think things. that maybe why this is nothing that's been researched, but do you think maybe this could be a reason to why we're starting to see more uh, children or people with allergies nowadays because it, with the invention of all these games and everyone staying course, inside and not going course, out and playing as much they're, they're finding it easier to catch colds to catch illnesses viruses and struggle to deal with them as much mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i completely agree and I also in a agree. in a uh, an antibiotic world that we live in now as well you know where the our immune systems just aren't able to cope or deal with them as much because they're so overexposed well bacteria viruses are so overly exposed to that medication because we mm. use it so regularly i don't think people actually rely on themselves enough to deal with something so fun fact an individual a baby who has lived and has been grown up in the same household with a dog 
has a stronger immune system than one who hasn't. Really? What does that tell you? Uh, that tells me, well, just that, that's, I guess that's the argument right there, isn't it? Yeah, because the dog, is the gonna, dog goes out. Exactly. Goes out, has a bit of fun, gets itself into pollen, gets itself into grass, gets itself into... Sounds like ev- some really fun nightclubs right there. Yeah. Goes into pollen. Exactly. Does some grass. A <laughs> little bit no, of no, dust, no, no. you know, just whatever you're smoking, that's a good night that's out. That's a London dog. <laughs> <laughs> but Soho. Soho dog. But, yeah, so it really does bring forward this idea that actually the more we succumb ourselves to the different parts of the world and we live in a less sterile environment, our immune system just becomes less sensitive, which is a fantastic little view because we're in cities all the time. So does that mean that as a society, should we start to bring forward a lot more vegetation within the city? Oh, massively. And I think that's where all the approaches are going now, even in, where is it? I think it's Dubai at the moment. They're building that mile-long city, aren't they? Mm. And that is just interwoven with trees everywhere because, I mean, especially in London. Yeah. Yeah, you've got some nice parks and you've got the odd tree here or there, but there's nothing. And that's why it's one of the most polluted places. Yeah. But even like places like the underground, you should still try and get some life down there mm, 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 just mm. to have... A little bit of something going on because... Yeah. I, when I studied at university, I used to take the train every single morning. And yeah, this I was mad. To, you told me this on the way here. Yeah. I used to blow my nose and it would just be black streaks in my snot. Sorry, viewers. But at the same time, Lovely. that was very, very worrying because I used to look at that and go, okay, that's a bit wrong. But at the same that's time... That's a bit wrong? <laughs> at the same time, what the hell is going on with just the underground system that is that polluted. It's the most polluted place in the whole of uh, the UK. And it was only 25-minute journeys a day. It's mental. So That's like people are worried about being in the mid- in the middle of the city, like, oh, there's so many fumes and pollution mm. here. It's mm. actually the underground where you've got to be the most, the most careful. Yeah. The emissions down there are shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm selling the underground right now, so sorry. Message sorry, to London. Sadiq Khan, everyone. Message <laughs> to Sadiq Khan, come on. <laughs> Pull your weight a little bit. Yeah, put some plant pots down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little something. I mean, we've even got a plant in the corner over here. Yeah, exactly. Just a little something to keep the room a bit more lively i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm i'm quite possibly the worst person when it comes to looking after plants i looked uh, after a cactus once the cactus died dude it literally needs just a little bit of water how did he kill a cactus i think i drowned it um i, I suppose it wasn't lack of I, didn't, I swear i didn't even water it like honestly i don't know i'm terrible with plants i was what like a friend gave me their plant once to look after whilst they went away and it was like the least uh attention requiring plant you've ever seen died within five days god i must just have that effect on plants yeah hopefully not george is the type of guy to have a goldfish and then take it out of water because it was drowning whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) people aren't gonna think i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> no. I'm so sorry. I did have three goldfish when I was a kid. They didn't last long. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Moving uh, on, everybody. So, I mean, we, we spoke about training. And yeah. I think a very big myth is if women train, they're just going to get bulky as hell. Well, I think, I think, well, I think when you, a lot of gym culture stereotypically is mm. you get the guys going in repping for maximum weight and yeah. like grunting much like we were this morning actually yeah. just yeah, like yeah, at the yeah. gym just like <laughs> but you know you've really got to train hard mm. to to build that kind of muscle and it doesn't happen overnight 
and it doesn't happen by accident. And you would know because you you are you've competed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've got a pro card in physique. Uh, Mental. And I got that last year October, which was very fun. Um, I competed on stage, did the whole thing, four months of completely stripping away fat and training seven days a week, two times a day. Sounds like my hell. Yeah, but at the same time, that was not by accident. I worked so hard for that. And also, like, to gain muscle and strength, you've got to be doing low repetitions, mm-hmm. high weight. To build, there's a difference between uh, strength and tone, mm, mass mm, and mm. tone. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're looking to build tone, you want to be aiming for what I think, it, what was the statistics, 16 to 24 repetitions of a weight? Not necessarily. I'm going to contradict that, but I'll let you finish. What's that on the NHS from the physio thing? Because yes. like, because it's then if you want to build muscle, you'd be aiming for anywhere between eight to twelve. But then there's also about volume. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, another big issue is that people sort of lie themselves within that sort of rep range, and they get too caught up with the rep range. However, there is also the factor of how much cardio you're doing in your day. It's a matter of how long are your sessions, how many sets you're doing, how yeah. many exercise you're doing per. Exercise per body part per yeah. day. How frequent are you going to the gym? So that's why it goes into the factor of this is not an accident. You did not get big by accident. Yeah. You had a specific plan. You had an ideology. You had yeah. a way forward, which then made you big. You train for pain. Exactly. A hundred percent. If so, you want to create muscle, you've got to tear the muscle. Mm, not in mm. a bad way, like yeah. micro damage. Yeah. But you're not going to get that level of damage or issue if you're doing low weights, high repetitions. Yep. Yeah. It's not an accident. And so, and so for, and I'm only saying this because I think, I think a colleague of ours, Anisha mentioned it as well Mm. to us is that I think she said that's a concern. A lot of her patients have mentioned to her that they're scared of, you know, um, going to the gym, lifting weights for their upper body because they don't want to be bulky up there. But trust me, like if you're doing a few push-ups every now and again, it's just going to build tone. Yeah. And if anything, it'll probably do you so much more good. Oh, do you so well, as we, as we've already said, movement is medicine. It's going to help build your bone density in the future. It's going to help build proprioception in your muscle, which is balance of the joints. Mm -hmm. It letting your brain know where your body is without even having to think about it. And all, and again, you know, another thing that people, another thing that I always hear just coming, I coming into this now is that, a lot of my elderly patients go, oh, but I'm retired. You know, I don't need to be mm. doing as much exercise. I'm not young like you anymore. It's like, and I'm, I'm the first thing I actually say to them is, you actually need to be doing more than I am. Yeah. yeah and that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean I need you to go to the gym and start lifting, you know, doing like your 90 kg bench presses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you've just got to be, there's three things you need, mm-hmm. isn't there? You, you need your cardio. Yes. You need your strength. Yes. And you need proprioceptive training. Yes. So balance. Uh, cardio and strength Mm -hmm. and you need to be doing at least 150 minutes of those a week yeah all of those combined so not just like 150 of each and if you're elderly or you're suffering from some other kind of uh disease such as like diabetes or something as well you need to actually be doing more than that yeah so it brings like the biggest problems falls in the elderly exactly it brings into perspective of how many people who actually die after 70 just from a fall 80 percent that is 80%. That is wild. But it's because people can't get them. They haven't got the strength to get themselves up. They haven't got the mobility. Exactly. So what tends to happen is just a little bit of um, knowledge to the viewers out there. So what happens is as you're getting older, 
you tend to start to slouch a little bit more. That slouching a little bit more with your eyesight getting a little bit less, what you start to do is your vision starts to go more and more downwards. So what we kind of have is a Frankfurter horizon. That is the horizon that your eyes will keep level at at all times. Yeah. However, the more you get tired and the worse your vision is, that Frankfurter horizon starts to go down more and more and more because you can't see as far. So what you're aiming for is essentially maybe instead of the 100 meters or the 50 meters that you should be looking forward, it starts to become five meters. So you trip up so much more often. And by tripping up, you lose your proprioception because your ligaments get damaged, yeah. your tendons get damaged. And with that Things proprioception take longer going to heal down... when you're older, you know, your bones might be slightly weaker. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more risk of actually doing worse damage. When you're younger, you're going to fall over and you're going to get straight back up again. Exactly. But this is why it's got to be looked after so much. And like, don't get me wrong, you know, a lot of people will recover from it, but like 80% in a 80% year. It's because it's because like you'll sit, those people will sit around, maybe not do their rehabilitative exercises, They'll go, oh, I haven't got time, or oh, it's too painful. You've got to do your You've rehabilitation. And that goes for anybody who's aged in their teens all the way up to their 90s. Yeah. You know, you've got to do your rehab. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah, ankles yeah. now where I'm like, how long ago was that? And they're like, oh, that was a good, uh, good 20, 30 years ago. And it's still unstable. Yeah. And that'll bite them in the future. And the issue is, I think, because people have the preconception that when they have to do rehab, rehab has to be sort of you're going out there you're doing sprints out into the track no when you're 70 and you're doing rehab that rehab is literally you're sitting down standing up off of a seat you do that 10 times and that is your rehab without to be drastic it's life-saving it is literally like you fall over you fracture your hip and and you can't move or and you're not confident you fall over and you you haven't got the strength to get back up and maybe you live on your own Mm. That is That's scary. That it's is scary. really, really and wild. I, I I've worked on the NHS mm. and I've seen patients like this. Yeah. And it's scary. And like, I, I don't use it often because I'd never have to. But if I have to, sometimes you do use, need to use a bit of fear factor with patients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to be honest with them. You've got to be like, listen, I'm, I'm doing this serious. for you. It's dead serious. <laughs> dead serious. Literally. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But... On a little bit of a lighter mood, I actually had a patient recently who went on holiday. Yeah. And um, he got stung by a jellyfish. Ah. Oh. So this is a little bit of a friends moment. Exact. You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So he had his. I need you to pee on my leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he actually peed on it. He actually peed on it. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Now they what? hurt. They hurt They're jellyfish. Painful. Have you ever been stung by a jellyfish? No, but I've seen someone get Italy, stung, I've been and stung, they were. I got stung by three at the same time. And like the tentacles are like marks are left on your arms and your back. Any any sign of it now? No, no, no. no. I think they're baby jellyfish and I was an oh, absolute I wimp. Oh. But still, that thing is stung. But I do I do know somebody and she was telling me that she got stung by a jellyfish in Italy as well. And um, it was a big one. And mm. like on, on the tentacles, it had like kind of sharper edges and it scarred oh, wow. the skin. Jeez. So it's like, and they're like, honestly, if, if somebody weighing on me would help, I'd do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Understandably. Yeah. But that's a myth. But it's a myth. It doesn't do anything. There yeah. is no chemicals in your urine that will actually help at all. So if you do get stung... Do not let do someone not pee, pee on, on you. I'm However, so sorry. Ooh. George you know, has a bit of knowledge here. Yeah, we is clean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's not going to... Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, um, it's not that clean. It's not that clean. It's but literally the waste out of your body. 
Lovely. So it's not that clean. Rich in nutrients that your body hasn't digested. True. Um, but what it is, is warm. And yes. warmth can reduce the pain. So you're actually better putting some like hot water, obviously not boiling water, but hot water on it mm. is actually mm. a better route if you really don't want someone to pee on it. Lukewarm or hot? Well, the mid, middle range really between okay. the two. Okay, yeah. cool. Because we isn't yeah. exactly lukewarm, is it? No, it's, it's, it's pretty the body warm. temperature. It's 38 yeah, degrees. Yeah, 38 degrees. Exactly. So, so get yourselves warm. on 38 degree water. Have exactly. That, if you ever go to the beach, have that. Just in, have, have a thermostat. Yeah. Like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, pour it on there. <laughs> so, huh. speaking of uh, water. Uh, water and everything, <laughs> yeah. how much does the brain weigh? How do we get that from water? Like Because of the body's... Because the body's 75% water. Exactly. And the brain is obviously made up of water and surrounded by watery fluids. You see, you see. Wow. I'm big brain. I didn't, yeah. That's blown my mind. 11 pound brain. 11 to be exact. It's 11 pounds. 11 pounds. A lot of people only think it's eight. Or I think you mean seven. Yeah. And for that, some. I like, people go, that's heavy. Yeah. 11, 11 pounds. pounds. Like, so that is. That's heavier than most born babies. Four and a half kilos, five kilos? Four, four and a half kilos approximately, right? Five and a half. Is it five six. and a half? So. Five and a half? Five. Five, yeah, five kilos. Yeah, yeah. To put that into perspective, some people can't even bicep curl that. Not us, though. <laughs> okay, you, you guys have to watch this on YouTube in order to see what we've just done, but yeah. It was a fist bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it exactly. was with a big smile. Because yeah. we're, we're, we're hench donnies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really not, but mm. get in there. Ah, yeah. I, I went to do a gym session with Gabs today and, like, destroyed my chest. <laughs> like, this guy knows what he's talking about and I'm ready to cry. <laughs> so, the way I train is very biomechanical. Yeah. And I think about levers heavily. It's fantastic. And um, I think it, it, it's just experience. It comes oh, with experience. Oh, you know your stuff. Yeah, so having a level three in personal training and the osteopathy, sports massage and everything else, what that has done is given me an appreciation to levers in such a different way to the point where the method of training that I have is so, so clean. Oh, it's, it's very it's clean. It's honestly so good. Like as soon as I did it, I was like, oh my God, I can really feel it. Mm. But also when I, I think I've always, I've never really liked bench pressing. Mm just because I don't want doing it on my own or so I didn't think my technique was great. And I did it my technique first, hopped off, then he showed me the right technique. Not only did it improve my technique and I felt it work in the muscle better, it's able to lift heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went up to 90, 90 kilos for one rep, which one, was... Which is the like my one rep max that I've yeah. ever done. Yeah. But like before that, I, I whacked out, what was it, 10 on, 10 on, 10 on 80? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 on 70. No, it was, it was 14 on 70. Oh, you see. And then then 8 on 80. But then on the caveat or the opposite side to that, you could do 45 kilos on the chest press on each side and you had to reduce that because I changed the technique. Oh, mate. So that you weren't using your shoulders anymore within the chest press. Older and shoulders. you were using a lot more of your pecs, yeah. which makes like, such a big difference. I feel it so much, like yeah. now. I'm in yeah. pain. I love chest So yeah, the brain's heavy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, so that's what, that is a conversation I have massively with people who work at desk now. Mm. Your head weighs 11 pounds. Yeah. Did you know when you're sat down, your shoulders are hunched over, your head drops forward and you're in that kind of slump position, 
everybody knows it everybody does it mm. your head weighs three times the amount on your shoulders and that Damn. all pulls at the base of your neck and people come in saying I don't know why my neck muscles are tight and I'm like do you sit at your desk all day and it's like yeah yeah. There's no such thing as bad posture either. Everyone says it. Oh, I've got bad posture. I've got this. It's like, no, mm. you've got bad prolonged postures. And if you're in a position for a prolonged period of time, repetitively, day in, day out, your posture will become that posture. And people always find it weird when they go, when I was younger, I used to run around do all this stuff and mm. then I stopped doing all that and I worked at a desk for years and then I tried getting back into the gym and it was painful. Well, yeah, of course it is. Deconditioned. You, you've, yeah, but you've also gone from being static, one end of the scale, doing in being in a worse position for your body, yeah. to then over-moving it and the body's like, well, we can't, the muscles aren't used like that anymore. That area tensed up to because you never used it. Yeah. This is why I always say like, you've got, You've, your body is made up of bones and joints between them. Everything's supposed to move. Yeah. And you've got muscles to move those areas. So why are we not constantly getting up and moving around? We are a static nation and that is a that is an epidemic that's going on. So whenever anyone asks me, uh, you know, what, what's the best posture for me when I'm sitting at a desk? I ask them, how often are you moving around? Yeah. How often are you having a little break? How often are you going for your drink break or things like that? Yeah. And they sort of go, every four hours. And I'm like... Dude, that's so bad. That is so bad. But it's like, you know, so, you know, everyone's like, there's um, there's no good, the perfect position sitting upright, no, back straight, no. blah, blah, blah. It's, it's supported. It's probably supportive, yeah. Yeah. Levels your, your the, the weight, distributes weight better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes it's good to be a fidget at your desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Even if you mix from crossing your legs over or you mix to changing something, as long as you're moving every 20, 30 minutes, you're going to be a lot better off than the guy that's not moving at all. And it's the reason why... Who is maybe sat in a 2,000 chair, 2,000 yeah. pound chair. That's like, oh, it's made to help. There's no such thing as a good no, chair. No. And to be honest with you, it's probably why the sort of wobbly ball and sort of the bosey ball. Yeah. How that kind of had a, a really good um, trend at the time, but it died off because... People essentially did not like it. They wanted to be lazy. They wanted to just sit down and not have to move we, around. We live in a uh, society where you can get everything you want now. Yeah. And everyone wants a quick fix. Can't tell you how many times I see it in clinic. Like, what I say, what's your goal and aspiration for today? They are like, oh, I want to leave here feeling 100% better. And it's like, well, I'm going <laughs> to... Your expectations are you know, very like, high. You've come to me with a neck pain you've had for four years. And I'm going to do, after all the questioning, all the testing, maybe 15, 20 minutes worth of treatment on this. Mm -hmm. How long is 15, 20 minutes compared to four years? You know, I'm, I, we're changing. We're basically changing the, the muscle's ideology mm, back mm. to what it originally was. And that takes time. It takes so much time. Like the, the, the rate, the speed at which something goes chronic. Yeah. So it goes from a nice elastic muscle fiber to something very tight and ropey is anywhere between a week and a half to three weeks. That's how quickly something goes from chronic acute, a few couple days, subacute more days and then chronic straight after so i'm going to throw this out there how do you feel about people being bed bound in hospitals or at home well what happens then it's not good it's not good um because and again this comes back to 80 year olds who have falls that's why they die yeah because as soon as i, I can't, again i can't say how many times i've had patients come in tell me they've retired don't do anything and then you see their health decline because they don't do anything those who have like a job where they go out and keep their brain active, keep their cognitive functioning going, um, just something that gets them out, keeps them moving, keeps them thinking. Even if it's like driving the local bus for the community, they will be a lot better off. 
And on average, if you're bedbound for even a week, you lose 30% of your muscle mass. It's mad. it's mad. Like how many, like when you injure your shoulder and you have it in a sling for three weeks, mm. you can't raise your arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you haven't moved it. So little story here. I dislocated my shoulder in 2018. Yeah. Completely um, tore. So I ruptured my infraspinatus, supraspinatus, my deltoid posteriorly, and my pec minor. Oh, sorry, just minor ones. Yeah, really, really minor. So, hey. And um, dislocated completely off. And yeah. I went to A&E the next day, and they said, oh, it, it, it's fine. I mean, it's not even hanging off. But this was after three years of training. So essentially what happens is, yes, I may have ruptured a couple of muscles, but at the same time, there's still going to be some sort of stability. Stability. There's going to be some muscle tension that actually keeps it up. Yeah. So that's what was happening with me. And they said, oh no, we're not going to uh, take you on to minors, which is where you kind of go if you've dislocated, fractured yeah, or anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, we're just going to bring you on to the GP to have a little look at it. Went to the GP and they said, what on earth are you doing here? It's completely out of the socket. And I was there going, I've waited in A&E seven hours because your receptionist at the hospital thought that I did not dislocate my shoulder. She thought I was too calm. How wild is that? So we say, so you selling to the people that when you go to A&E, you got to act crazy. Potentially. Sometimes you've got to sell a story. You really do. You really do. And it's sad that we've had to go in such a way because the amount of people who I've spoken to, they've gone to A&E with such a serious problem. And, and there's a lot of people or acting normal about it yeah. because they put on a brave face. They are not treated. There's the a way lot they of people do. we see who need to be seen at a and like I've seen, I've seen, I've seen 14 year olds come with a broken back. Mm, mm. And a lot of times it's like, oh, I just don't want to waste time in A&E. And yeah. it's like, you've got a broken back. You've you, you got to go. go you've got check. to go. Um, or a suspected broken back, I should say. Even um, if you've got to go there and cry your heart out in order for them sometimes to I've said, Sometimes i said to them, like, this is what you've got to tell them. You give them a little list of what you've got to tell them because you know that will get you seen to. Um, but also there's a lot of people who waste time mm, at A&E. Mm. You know, I've, I've, I've treated people who work on 999 calls. I've treated people... Um, who work in the emergency room as nurses, doctors, and I say I love asking the question. What's so? What What's the craziest thing you saw recently? It's like, well, we had somebody come in with dandruff, not an emergency. We've seen somebody come in who broke her nail. No blood, like it was just like a plastic nail that broke, and it and it and it's um, and you know people get annoyed and upset at NHS and A and E saying like, oh, they're useless, they're slow, they don't do enough. No, it's like. People waste their time and people who need it. Like there was an ambulance who what, got called out for somebody uh, in excruciating pain. The ambulance turns up. He had a little bit of foot pain. He was going on holiday the next day and he couldn't possibly go on holiday with a bit of foot pain. There was nothing else wrong with him. And that ambulance could have been going to somebody who's having a heart attack. You know, I worked with a colleague once who had a stroke at the age of 30, osteopath. Just had a stroke in clinic. Took four hours to get an ambulance there. And you think to yourself, like, I wonder what kind of person was calling that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah calling that ambulance you know so okay that is the sort of nicer part to what i've just said because at the end of the day people do waste the nhs time oh for sure which is why people tend to come to see us before they go on to see whether they have to go to a &E. and that's the sort of way that we can take the strain off of the nhs is yeah that if people come for us they give us a call because at the end of the day we are there to be called 
if we believe that we can't treat them, we will tell them, hey, actually, you should go to your GP or you should go to A&E and we will let them know immediately. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, again, that's what we've, that's why as osteopaths, we've got that base knowledge to know if something's seriously wrong mm. and you know if something's seriously wrong. Yeah. It's, it's like... We know even, the red flags. Even people who don't know should know when, when there is a red flag, really. You know when something's really bad. Yeah. Um, but again... I think we take a lot of the NHS for granted because it's free and it's there for us. And so whenever we have the slightest problem, it's like, well, I deserve this. It's like, mm. I think, no, you're overusing mm. it a little no, bit. No, and no. then 111 is an amazing service. Yeah, yeah. It's a fantastic service and that doesn't get utilized enough. They will tell you if you need to go to mm. A&E and it takes, it doesn't take long to do. And I would always recommend everybody call 111 first because if, if they think, Okay, you don't need A&E, but you need to speak to a doctor now. They will sort that. Mm, 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 mm. So, I, yeah. But Wait, I think yeah. the moral of the story is if you've got something that you think is absolutely minor, do not jump the gun and go to A&E. Yeah. Unless it's something that you believe is absolutely serious. So with my injury, I was in the gym. I was using a TRX and I felt... Yeah, so the TRX is two cables that extend downwards and then you can use it to do ab exercises so in different core. No, unfortunately not. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Uh, I go down to do an ab exercise, absolutely cold, which was a bit of a mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. It pops out. Literally heard a click, popped out, and luckily it went back in, but it went back in. See, these are the kind of clicks and pops we don't like as osteopaths. No, 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 no. And the second it happened my heart dropped and I went, I was speaking to the guy right beside me and I said, I'm so sorry. I think I've just dislocated my shoulder. But this is, this is sadly, it's these injuries that are good as well that we, that as osteopaths we experience. Cause I've, I've, and all my friends will know this. I injure every ligament, tendon, muscle, anything in my body just by looking at it. Mm. Um, but I know what it's like to not be able to do what you love. We know mm. what it's like mm. not to. So when a patient comes in and they're like, deflated by it we're like yeah listen we understand and they're like they they you i think patients say oh my god they really do understand yeah and that's another reason why they feel listened to yeah 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 but yeah those are just a few of the myths i think yeah. i think we've i think we've busted a few today Epis i definitely know there's a few more in the future that we can talk about exactly this is episode number one of myth busters not the program on discovery channel we are just busting myths please yeah. do not come after us <laughs> yeah we're just yeah this is just a um, you know health myth busting yeah. and maybe in the future we'll discuss things like did we actually land on the moon that could conspiracy. be pretty interesting <gasps> the conspiracy theories yeah 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 okay i'm, I'm up for that that's gonna be sick but awesome. yeah, so episode two uh, of Mind the Back Chat and episode one of Myth Busting. Have a good day, everyone, and take care. Ciao for now.